What is up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh service to debrief an effort to send biblical truth. What, what, what better way to do that than the power of conversation? I'm Mark Francis in the host seat today. Also joining me is Miss Alicia Battaglia. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good, good, yeah. good, good. Yeah, we're like in Christmas season preparation and it's always busy and fun. And yep. I am intentionally working hard to uh, be grateful for all the little things along the way rather than stressing just being intentional Good. to have a grateful heart. And it's really helping me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a, yeah. it's a difference between ho, ho, ho and humbug. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's, it's great. I mean, it's, Christmas is meant to be fun, but mm -hmm. it also turns into a stressful season. It can be I a lot. That. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we might have asked that question either last week or this coming, might be this coming week at FSET. You know, how, how do you handle your stresses during Christmas season or something uh -huh. like that? Uh -huh. You know, we like to have a warm up question. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm here. You have also already heard him with Mark Carey. How are you, Mark? Good. And um, yeah, the two of us were not necessarily supposed to be here in these seats today. Mm -hmm. So we'll just put prayers out for Caleb, his grandfather passed. And also Abby Lindenberg was supposed to be here. Hmm. And she was in a, an accident. And thankfully, Lord has um, allowed that to go graciously. And she's recovering with your husband, Jeremy. Um, car and, accident. Yeah, car accident mm -hmm. that just... Um, yeah, could have been way worse than it was. And Emma. And Emma, and one of our yeah, other staff Emma members. Yeah. So God is good. Mm -hmm. And here we are. And here we are to get a chance to unpack another sermon. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, Alicia, just give us a quick run rundown. What what stood out to you? And Mark, I'll also then turn to you and set you up because there's at least two or three times in this sermon where you, where you said something like, we could have an entire extra sermon to unpack at this point. <laughs> so I feel like that you've got a lot to, uh, to just get to get into Lots so alicia about, yeah. we'll go with you first well i first want to say i am so thankful for um just the commitment to this church and particularly to your preaching pastor mark of just preaching solid biblical truth with a huge big view of god i think that that is so important and we see that that um, can be offensive. <laughs> you know, here Peter is uh, preaching his, you know, mm. teaching, his teaching is what, what it's called, but that's his doctrine, and uh, it's being uh, received with offense um, from a certain sect and then received with favor from uh, other. Um, but anyway, I just, I am so thankful for solid teaching um, that imparts the truth of who God is, imparts the truth of the gospel. So I wanted to say thank you for that. Um, but uh, in regards to where we are in Acts, um, I want to back up a little bit. And you touched on this a little in your sermon, uh, Pastor Mark, but in Acts chapter 5, um, starting at verse 16, the people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. And so that right there kind of jumped out to me as like, oh, okay, so we had our Acts 1-8 verse, which is kind of our banner verse over the um, all of Acts, but here we see this growth starting to happen. Like, there's more followers. This is like happening with little towns outside of Jerusalem. So this expansion is starting to be seen now. So we're seeing that progress, which is really, really neat. And it's not just um, one beggar by the gate who got healed. 
you know, that's the story right. that we saw that led to way more people, yeah. which is a little, just a little nugget there that you're saying that God is doing yeah. things right. around yeah. Jerusalem. So it's Jerusalem, but then now it's starting to happen around the little towns. So, so this expansion and growth is starting to happen, which is super cool. And then um, the second thing that jumped out to me was, um, I'm going to back up a couple weeks to our follow the star. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a greeter. Uh, and um, so I got to interact with all the people and I didn't get a chance to go through until the very last group. So um, <laughs> I jumped in line with that group and um, the census keepers, uh, who were Mike and Kathy Kilmer, mm-hmm. shout out to them, they're in our small group. Uh, anyway, they, um, and upon taking the census, they, and before we headed into the marketplace, he asked us to consider who Jesus is to us. Who is Jesus to you? And so that um, spoke to my heart before I started to go through because it was like God was preparing me for what was ahead. And so that question also rings true to what's happening in Acts here. This is an issue. The who who is Jesus to you is a question for those who are the the people and then also for the this council of religious leaders who is jesus to you and so they're confronted of what are you going to believe about him are do you believe that he really is the risen savior this prince this leader who gives repentance and forgiveness is this do you really believe that and if you reject him what's the consequence of that that you're going to face the wrath of the father and um because you brought us into Luke 12, where he's the one that has the authority to cast into hell if you don't believe. So um, it's a very uh, serious um, question of who is Jesus to you? Of course, the Sanhedrin are absolutely furious, um, and they've they plotted to kill Jesus, and now they're plotting to kill the apostles. So they're not receiving that <laughs> question well, but we are seeing tens and thousands of people who are receiving Jesus and believing that he is the Savior and that he is the one that uh, offers repentance and that's what Peter keeps pointing people to. Exactly. He's pointing them to, hey, you have to come to grips with who is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you killed him. Right. (laughs) You you put him to death and God raised him up. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, that's where Peter's doing. And I think that's what you're acknowledging, Mark. That's what you're you do each week with the sermon. You can point people's attention to, hey, how, who is Jesus? If you know him, then how can we get reoriented to see him? And if you don't know him, point people to him. Yeah. Yeah. The nice thing for me is that when I preach or share that, it's usually to a, a welcoming audience. Right. Peter and the apostles, it was anything but a welcoming audience right. that, they, that they stood mm-hmm. their ground. Mm. And with courage and boldness uh, mm-hmm. um, that had been infused in them from answered prayer, mm-hmm. as we saw in mm-hmm. chapter four, by mm-hmm. the, through the Holy Spirit. Yep. So, um, um, yeah, we're fortunate, <laughs> at least for now. For now, now. There, there are certainly settings, and that and and that there certainly are people out in the marketplace and out in the world that are very careful, very cautious, and at times probably very fearful. Mm-hmm. They will lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. They will, you know, you cannot speak of this. You can't, 
you know, and it's the whole separation of church and state, uh, false, you know, yeah. doctrine that's taught out there. But, um, yeah, there, you know, we've had examples of it in our country, a lot of them, uh, like the coach up in the uh, state of Washington who mm-hmm. would go out there after a game, after most people were gone, kneel and pray in the middle of the field, and, and he lost his job mm-hmm. for that. Now, he mm-hmm. won it in the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. but... Um, so yeah, these are we're, we're increasingly what the apostles lived in Romans or in Acts four or five, you know, in these early chapters. We're increasingly coming to, and we can yeah. see how they modeled a godly, right way of living through difficult times of governing. And you referenced Romans thirteen. Yeah, it comes through with this passage here in, in Acts five of how do you go about uh, living when they're coming to arrest you. Yeah, and, and the, you know, and and so there's probably more to be said. Yeah, about there is. That. I think there's some. There are some good books out there. Christians are writing on this now because it's going to become more and more mm-hmm. of an issue. I think mm-hmm. as time goes on, um, and yet it's it's been it's it's what Martin Luther King dealt with in the '60s. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Civil disobedience and and when things are, right. are 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 going like that, the question is is always, so when is it proper for civil disobedience? How should it be conducted? Um, and and so I, I did want to just clarify a couple of things um, from uh, Acts 5. Remember now, and we've said this, it, it, the book of Acts is not a descript, it, it is not prescripted in the sense that it's didactic literature. Mm-hmm. Precept upon precept, and this is how we are to live, like the Pauline epistles or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's describing. That doesn't mean that it's not um, prescriptive in the sense of it, it, this is Holy Scripture, and so we can glean from this yeah. direction. Um, and I think that's what we can do in, in Acts chapter 5. Um, and so the principle was, and I stated this in the message, is that... Um, You've got Romans 13 that tells us to submit to the authorities, the governing authorities, because they're ordained by God. Here's a case where the apostles weren't. Mm -hmm. And the principle is, it's a simple principle, at least simply stated, we are to obey civil authorities until it becomes a sin to obey. And in this case, it was so clear where you had Jesus, you know, say, go and be my witnesses, or the angels say, go and, and speak you know, the whole, everything related to this life. Mm-hmm. Go out there and do it. And then the religious leaders tell them, don't ever speak of this name again. So now you had a the clash of different uh, commands. And very clearly, Peter, uh, Peter and the apostles said, um, you know, we have to obey God mm-hmm. and not men. So when there is a direct contradiction between God's word and what the authorities are telling us to do, and, on top and of that, obey the, God. Yeah, and on top of that, the the directive to them was to go preach it, like right away, mm-hmm. like to to go preach, like when you get out, keep go right now his name. Yeah, you know, and so the the context for us isn't necessarily well if people are living in China and there's the underground church or Pakistan. The directive isn't to say, oh, scripture's telling me to go out there and preach right away. There, I think there's a personal. Uh, you know, understanding of what the Holy Spirit is leading you That's right. in your time and place and culture in the moment to do. That's right. And if you sense the Holy Spirit telling you to go out there and preach, you should do it, but there could be a time and place where an underground church is still acceptable uh, in, oh, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a way that 
doesn't look like this is what Acts 5 is doing. So there's the context, right? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, that's, and you said it rightly with, you have to be led by the Holy Spirit in mm-hmm. this. He's got to direct this. Um, you do not not meet. Right. You may have to go underground mm-hmm. to meet and, and do these things. And that would be, you know, what happened in uh, the Soviet Union and, and what's happening in other countries today, like Communist China. It's illegal to meet. Mm-hmm. There are millions and millions of Christians are still doing it because to not do it be, would be violating right. the scriptures. Don't yeah. forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Christians uh, over the last, you know, two years ago in these, these, uh, this uh, pandemic thing that hit, hit our mm. country, um, they had to wrestle with that. And um, fortunately, we, it was a little different for us in Virginia, but I talked with friends in different parts of the country and it almost split their churches because yeah. it was a, it's a rough thing. If you're living out in California, uh, that was a rough thing. Um, and a lot of churches finally said, okay, enough's enough. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we're going we're gonna to meet. Mm-hmm. And then others said, well, okay, we're going to try to find a halfway here. We'll meet uh, maybe at a drive-in theater. Right. So we'll, we'll still gonna try to as best we can. So everybody was trying to think that through. But it did give us a taste mm-hmm. of what it's like to be under uh, a, a, a heavy-handed, unconstitutional, I would say, my mm-hmm. opinion, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, mandates that were placed upon Christians and, and other people uh, to do things that potentially would violate mm-hmm. what the Word of God. I think it was helpful because in one sense it was a, a little bit of a, a dry run about how things are going to be going. This is... Rod Dreher wrote a book a couple years ago called Live Not By Lies. And it talked about how to live in a totalitarian state. We're living there now. The the, the things that happened over the the last two years of the the pandemic was totalitarianism, Mm -hmm. soft totalitarianism. But uh, Christians are going to increasingly, we're going to see that. And how did God's people handle that? And how yeah. does the church, how does the leadership of the church handle it? And like you said, church splits. You know, there's, yeah, there's this problematic of of how the overall church at large is was handled. And it could get that. murky yeah. some of the the grayer areas. Yeah. For for Peter and the apostles, there was no gray area. Right. No, go do right. this, and these other people are saying don't do that. And the yeah. threat was real. Like they, um, oh yeah, I think that they knew that uh, what the risk was, but that's. Um, that wasn't where the, their fear was. They were fearing God more than man, and their focus was on the Lord. And um, you, they, when the angel came to uh, release them from prison, were they expecting that? Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. Yeah. Um, and so... I mean, that, it's not your everyday occurrence. No, it's not your everyday <laughs> occurrence. And I don't <laughs> think that they were um, naive to think that, okay, well, what's happened before like John the Baptist it didn't go so well for him sure. and you know we are going to read later what happens with Stephen and with That's James right. and what happens with Paul and um, sometimes the the angel doesn't come and release you from prison right. and so how do you handle that and um, so when thinking about that I went to Luke 21 who um, which is a similar word to what you brought out in Luke 12 uh, 21 starting in verse 10 um, but actually I'm going to jump down to 12 but before all this they will lay their hands on you and persecute 
persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it therefore in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but, you, but not a hair of your head will perish. Because Luke 12 tells us that he knows every number of mm-hmm. <laughs> hair on our head. Uh, but by your endurance, you will gain your lives. And so that, that last verse there, by your endurance, you will gain your lives. That made me think about five, verse 520 that they are they're being instructed to speak all the words of the life. That is the life. That is Jesus. He's the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. And so so this there's no promise of a of a happy outcome in the physical sense. Uh, there is in the spiritual <laughs> sense, regardless. But but the focus and the main point to all of this is is God is sovereign and how he chooses to um, m- unfold his plan it's according to his will and so whether you that he decides to send an angel or you're martyred that's his doing um and do we trust him with that Mm -hmm. do we yeah i i hope we do it's shadrach meshach and abednego and daniel yeah and uh, you know bow down before this image no we Mm -hmm. won't um our god can deliver us yeah but Right. If he doesn't, if he doesn't. we're still not going to do it. Right. Yeah. And uh, and that's where now in that situation, yeah, he did deliver him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's uh, there's countless stories, you know, where that didn't happen. Um, and Christians, we th- these things are written here as historical facts that unfolded in the early church, but they're written for our instruction too, as as it has been for believers down through the centuries since that these events took place Mm -hmm. and and i'm sure many people got encouragement and and boldness by reading these Mm -hmm. accounts and saying okay when god's word clashes with the civil authorities words we're going to have to believe god and obey god and not men and take our lumps whatever they might be and that's what paul is talking about in romans 12 you yeah. submit mm. to those authorities. But it's not taking up arms. You know, it's not no. right. going to battle. It's no. Not, it, it's, it's still God called us to live a quiet life, you know, yes. as, as believers. And you see and, that with, with these guys, with the apostles, they didn't fight back. Right. They weren't disrespectful. Right. Mm-hmm. They, um, they spoke the truth and they stood up with boldness and said, you know, you, they didn't say anything that was untrue nor did they say it in any unkind way. It was just the facts, and they let it go. But um, they didn't resist the arrest. They didn't do, they weren't dishonorable um, uh, in, any, in any way. They didn't do anything in an illegitimate way to besmirch the name of God. And um, Jesus himself modeled that. And Jesus, uh, you know, as a sheep before, it sh- yes, before its shears, or his arrest dumb. and through all the sufferings before the cross, you know, yeah. he, he is pretty much quiet and knew that this is the Lord's plan. Mm-hmm. So. And, I, I, and I shared that. That's a concern that I think, I don't know if there's, if that is um, widely held among many evangelical or conservative Christians mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. There is such 
angst. There's such even vitriol and I mean animosity towards government and certain things that are going on and and that I'm you know it is concerning of what may happen mm-hmm. um, when our totalitarianism reaches a point and crescendos and reaches a point where um, we really do get stepped on in a big time way. Well, it's a sense mm-hmm. of entitlement that, that yeah. we almost have that we're entitled to have this way of life yeah. we're entitled to have this perfect government right well that's not how God has called no. us to live. No, and this is again a tangent. I, it's easy to get off on tangent. This thing. Here, here's the here's the difficult thing. I had some great conversations on this uh, over this last few days as well. But um, we we are citizens of two realms. So yeah. you know our heavenly citizenship that right. is who our real identity yeah. is. As uh, and so we are called to walk as children of the light. Mm-hmm. We also happen to be citizens of this country that has been formed under a constitution that was designed to, to put together a more perfect union. And so we do have a Bill of Rights. We have a constitution. We have these things. Mm-hmm. There is a, a, a freedom. That, uh, uh, we have freedom of religion. We have the, these various freedoms. Um, the The... The talk that is going out there in the world today, and you pick this up, whether reading liberal publications like the New York Times or Washington Post, I mean, you get the the the, the feeling that the 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 culture, the environment out there is increasingly anti-Christian, so much so that they are saying, and you can read this. I mean, they're saying that freedom of religion must take a back seat to freedom of, and right now the big thing is sexuality or different Mm -hmm. things. So when, if you disagree with current uh, progressive ideas of gender identity and sexuality and stuff like that, you've got to keep your religion at bay. Mm -hmm. They're actually saying things like, um, we are, we don't have um, uh, to worship freely is not a right, it's a privilege. Mm. The wording is starting to change. Mm. And so once that changes, your privileges can be taken away, mm-hmm. whereas rights are not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So the, you, you, you just there, there is this subtle movement and it's gonna increasingly Well, and it's really uh, not a whole lot away. different than what was happening here because here, the Sanhedrin, like they're colluding with Rome, you know, they're like, they're being the hypocrites, they're wearing that that mask. Mm-hmm. And so they're presenting this one image, but really deceiving with another. And, you know, so it's not like there's anything new under the sun, yeah. really, like, no. as far as like culturally, we're just, it, it, it's fleshing out a little differently. Yeah, now. it is. And we do have, because we live still in a society where we can vote, where we can exactly. engage in the public discourse, mm-hmm. and, and, and um, we can write our congressmen or our senators. We can, uh, mm-hmm. if we wanted to, we can go and, and uh, um, uh, can picket and protest yes, and, and exactly. the right to assemble. And that right. we still we have that see. as a citizen yeah. of this world. Mm-hmm. What Christians have to figure out is, Where's the balance of that? Because yeah. our citizen in he- our citizenship in heaven mm-hmm. has to trump 
right. our citizenship here. So right. once once our constitutional rights are taken away, it doesn't mean that we stop living out and be, we just it just may mean we have to submit to the consequences that that may be imprisonment, mm-hmm. it, you know those type of things. And, and the sorry the 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 focus of how we live our lives is not going to change whether we are, have our rights that's and privileges right. or they are removed from us the focus is still going to be living a life that's honoring and glorifying to god that's right and knowing that our reward and jesus mm. talked about that luke 12 passage yeah that ultimately it our reward is in heaven yeah, yeah. and yeah. and um so they may take everything away from us right but great is your reward right. in, in in heaven one day. Right. So we have it. We need to keep the eternal perspective. It's the yeah. old mm-hmm. dot and a line mm-hmm. thinking. Right. And and let's not get caught up all the time in the dot. Oh, yeah. look what's happening in our country. Look what's going yeah. on. Wait mm-hmm. a minute. There's an eternal perspective. Let's be respectful. Let's let's not diminish if at all. Po- Paul said it this way in, in Romans 12. If at all possible, be at peace with all men. Right. So so let's live righteously and mm-hmm. and and with uh, humility and with grace and treat people like Jesus did with truth but also grace mm-hmm. and love mm-hmm. um, and then take the lumps yeah. is what, what happens Hence the big takeaway for me is the idea of who do you fear yeah you that's right God or are you fearing men and and there is a couple interesting points that really opened my eyes and good light bulb moments in the sermon but for me the one was you worship what you fear that was a new phrase for me. But mm-hmm. then when you unpack that, if you fear something, if you fear or if you're worshiping government and you're fearing gov- you're fearing the, the lack of freedom, then you're worshiping that component of it. Mm-hmm. If you are, you know, you went down two or three examples. I think. Sure. If, if, you know, if you fear uh, poverty, you're going to worship wealth, right. money. If you fear, you know. Getting sick, then you're worshiping medicine. Or, or I think you went health. down a multiple right. yeah. variety right. of things. It, if yeah. it causes you to adjust something of your life, now there's a difference between healthy fear. Of course, you, you want to, uh, you know, I don't want to be sick no. right. physically, so <laughs> right. I want to do things right. that are right. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you, you, and that, so that doesn't necessarily mean you are worshiping it. But taken to the extreme, yes. But what's gripping you? What's gripping your heart? What's the fear? What's right. the anxiety? What's the worries of life? And if you're all caught up in the worries of the world yeah. and so fixated on health, wealth, prosperity, yeah. then you're not focused on God and you're not realizing that we're That's just right. we're citizens of heaven and not right. misplaced fears. Yes. It is. And these guys, though, and I mentioned this, you know, they... They had seen the risen Lord. I mean, they it, it was so real to them because they they were there. So, yeah, maybe we can give ourselves a, some excuse a little bit, but Jesus should be as real to us yeah. in our everyday walk with the risen Savior as it was for them, even yeah. though they physically handled them. And Jesus told Thomas that, blessed yeah. are you. You saw and believed. Blessed are those who don't see and still believe yeah. that's us yeah. and so yeah so we have to grow in the grace and knowledge of the lord we have to um be in our small groups we have to encourage one another we have to talk to each other about jesus we have to uh, you know what where is god in this that's it, it, a great statement in the midst of going through some sorrow some bad thing it's always so where do you see god in this mm-hmm. peter john your apostles in prison that night where, where was god showing up mm-hmm. And they had a faith, and you know the angel let them out that night, and they continued to preach. But 
you're right. It it is it is where is our focus, mm-hmm. and when we see how loved we are by God, and who He is, mm-hmm. that's a big theme. Mm-hmm. Perfect love casts mm-hmm. out the fear, mm-hmm. and now we can stand with boldness. What can man do to me? You know, mm-hmm. who will I fear? Psalm one twenty seven. What can man do to me? And um, don't fear them, Jesus said. So yep. this is this is switching gears a little bit, but it's still in the same vein and talking a little bit about fear and that sort of thing. So in your sermon, Pastor Mark, you um, talked about, and this is Luke 12, uh, verse 10, and everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And I appreciate how you brought that to light, that um, the blaspheming is specific to the Jewish leaders who are rejecting the witness of the Holy Spirit. Um, but the, because that verse, I know just over the years of, of for Christians, people, it, it provides a lot of anxiety. They're like, <laughs> oh no, have I committed the unpardonable sin? Mm. You know, what, what am I going to do? Um, but it's, it's a, there's, many places of comfort in the in the scriptures that if for us as christians if we have the holy spirit we're not going to be committing this sin by one uh but um a verse that encourage um that can encourage us in this is from first corinthians 2 uh starting in chapter or i mean verse 8 um this is talking about wisdom from the spirit but um it says none of the rulers of this age understood this, which is who you were talking about. Right, right. And uh, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as, as it is written, what no eye has seen, no, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. And I want to stop there because that was a huge emphasis that you brought out was how much God loves us. Mm. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. And then he goes on for who knows a person's thoughts and all of that. But um, this is this is a huge comfort to know that God loves us so much, and he's given us the Holy Spirit. So that's not uh, a sin that we need to be <laughs> fearful that we're yeah. going to be committing. We, we can grieve the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. the possible. We can quench the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. We're not going to blaspheme the Holy Spirit right. uh, like these Jewish leaders did at yeah. that time that rejected yeah. the Spirit's witness that came through John, that, that rejected the Spirit's witness that came through Christ himself, and ultimately, as we'll see in Romans, uh, in Acts 7, rejecting the, the uh, final testimony of the body of Christ mm-hmm. that came like through Stephen. You're, what he said in, in Acts seven fifty one, you're always re- rejecting, uh, uh, refusing, uh, mm-hmm. resisting the Holy Spirit. And you know that—that's th- what happened to those early church. Now there were people in there, and there's all these backstories that'll be fun to look at. But you know, there was uh, Nicodemus, there was Joseph of Arimathea, and it'll say in chapter six, many priests—not necessarily the Sanhedrin, but many priests were coming to mm-hmm. faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I sure. wonder about Gamaliel. So yeah, he's he, an interesting guy. He, um, I, and I saw this in one of my footnotes, but he was uh, one of Paul's teachers. Yes. And so, yeah, I just kind of wonder. You know, you just wonder, speculate. <laughs> yeah. He was not a very good teacher <laughs> no. because he said, let these guys alone. Mm-hmm. But his pupil, 
Saul of Tarsus right. did Didn't not. Do it. Did not. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. And, and went out and which which uh-huh. is an interesting uh, story. But yeah, yeah, you, you don't know what uh-huh. will we see Gamaliel in heaven? Did he come to realize this is real? Yeah. I mean, you know, Nicodemus met him at night, and uh, because there was too many things that just were not connecting, and he he heard Jesus say, "You must be born again," and uh-huh. and they they. You know, Joseph of Arimathea, they come and they, they pay for his burial. And so there's all these interesting things happening. We just get a little glimpse of it here in this the stories here. But uh, um, God was doing his work. He was using his church and their boldness. He was answering their prayer. He was protecting them in a sovereign way. And... Um, with the end result of it is a church that was growing and thriving as we will continue to see as we continue the book of, of Acts. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you a brief moment here. Let's look, because we are putting a pause in the book of Acts for the next three weeks. True, yeah. So That's if right. you want to just give a quick little nugget of, you know, it's the Christmas season. Yeah. So that leads me into announcements of what's going to happen for that or what we can look forward to. But yeah, the next three weeks, we're going to take a pause. So. Yeah, we're, well, we're, we've been talking about John 3.16. We've been having... Uh, partners in ministry from around the world share that with us, and so we're going to talk a little bit next week, the week, the Sunday before Christmas, about about that, about John three sixteen and God's uh, incredible love for the world, and then Christmas morning, which is uh, that the fourth Sunday in December. Um, uh, I want to talk a little bit about it. It'll be a short little bit because of uh, it's Christmas morning about. Um, about Nicodemus, mm-hmm. uh, speaking kind of Nicodemus. the original Saint Nick, uh, <laughs> oh, a little bit about okay. Nicodemus, and then and then the next week, of course, is uh, New Year's Day and beginning of a new year, twenty twenty three. My goodness, mm-hmm. and uh, we just want to spend some time in prayer. You look at the Book of Acts, you see the the people, their commitment to pray, mm-hmm. and the prayers and Acts, and and the early church was birthed from prayer. And uh, as we begin a new year, I think it, the worship team is putting together a, a morning of uh, of some concerted prayer, and um, it, it seems very fitting as we begin mm, a new that's year. Good. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very great. Good. And then we'll pick up acts after that. Well, that's that's the next three sermons as far as the announcements. Just put on your calendar. Christmas Eve, obviously, we always have Christmas Eve services. There's no different this year. It's on a Saturday, so you have 11 o'clock. 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock options with nursery provided in the 11 o'clock and 4 o'clock. So figure out what your family plans are and uh, pick a time and attend. Bring your friends, bring your neighbors, invite them. Christmas Day is a Sunday morning, as Mark, you mentioned. So there's only one service on that day, um, just knowing and recognizing there'd be plenty of people opening presents that morning, but yet we don't want to forsake our gatherings. So knowing that Sunday morning presents go fast still, presents go fast even with a big family so it'll be a special <laughs> special time 11 o'clock just the one service that weekend at 11 o'clock all and families welcome no children's, no children's ministry then so just bring your families bring your kids and we'll have a great day of celebration and uh, recognizing God's gift as you again unpack John three sixteen. so that is the time there guys so put it down your calendars and know that um, we want to have you so bring out your friends and uh, keep us posted on what you want to hear from us as well, send in your questions. We love to hear feedback from you guys. And uh, Caleb and uh, Abby, get well, and uh, we'll just talk to you guys soon. So the fact of the matter, guys, is that sermons are not meant to take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless.